city will be fine. Blowing up like dynamite, I never meant to make you cry. Hello and welcome to your new weekly edition of This Is Ibrox, your Rangers podcast. My name is Scott Patterson and this week we're joined by our regulars, Thomas McIntyre. And welcome back to Willie Boyd. Hi guys, how are you doing? Fantastic, thanks. Uh, good to be back. William, it's like the ghost of Christmas past there. <laughs> just turn up when I want, I think, can <laughs> Well, listen, you're very welcome. We should say that we are pleased to announce that we are now being brought to you with our friends at the insurance practice. We are now offering services and the standard quotation services right across the, the board. They can be contacted on 01202-112-711 on the old phones, and you can also get them via email admin at theinsurancepractice.co.uk. That's that bit done. So, lots to speak about this week, and it's funny that Thomas mentions the sort of past, present, and future, very clever reference to the current climate we're in and looking forward to, to Christmas coming. We're going to talk about St. Mirren last week, very, very briefly, Motherwell over the weekend, and the three big games that are coming on the way very soon. We'll look at them um, individually and how they will take us to the 2nd of January and, and what Nick we're going to be. Tommy, St. Mirren last week, great opportunity to to progress to the towards a final that I think everyone thought we would be favourites to get to if we were to get there. Um, didn't quite happen, did it? Didn't quite happen. Well, that's a that's a good way to put that. And um, yeah, so it, okay, broadest extent of the question, the initial gut reaction is not again. It's a big chance. You know, we're blowing it. And I've said before, this team has won lots of plaudits. You can't polish plaudits, polish silverware. The game itself, subject to Steven Gerrard maybe making a couple of mistakes in terms of the personnel, which is why he held his hands up. And Rangers, were, you know, we're go, going to have a blip at some point. It's fine. The problem for this Rangers team, and the real problem I think we're probably talking about, is that their blips seem to come when something's on the line. Yeah. You know, it's semi-finals, it's quarter-finals, it's big games, it's big moments. And the dis- the disappointing thing for me really was we didn't play well and that's fine. We still got a goal. The goals we gave away were really, really poor, right? But I'm talking about us. We got ourselves back into it, got the equaliser right to death, and I thought, oh, there's a mentality point right there. We kept going. We kept sticking by it. We've made some changes. We've got ourselves back in. And then you immediately concede again in, in you know, the, the eighth, ninth minute or whatever it was to, to blow the tie. Now, Rangers will not get a better run at a, at a trophy. Yeah. And it could have been the first one of the season that ignites it ignites you for the rest of the league campaign as well. I appreciate, and I said myself, maybe on social media, that you know I'd have the blip in the cup as opposed to the, the league. But unfortunately, in the in the fire of people's consciousness, it's another log or a little bit of kindling. See what I've yeah. done there? It's Christmas, and I like a log fire, so that's where <laughs> I'm going. Right um, it's another you know log onto the flames of this team can't hack it when the chips are down, and the only way they're going to silence that is by winning the league title. There you go. Willie, you would have fancied us if we'd progressed past St Mirren. Um, looking at the, the teams that were, were left in the contest, you would have fancied us to to get to another national final and, and go in there as favourites, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Um, I felt like it was like our best chance in, in God knows how long to go and put your name in the trophy and finally get that monkey off the bat, so to speak. It's... I mean, looking back in hindsight, it's obviously so disappointing, but 
Systems kind of touched on there, all you kind of wanted the end of the season as a league title. And when you're looking back, you're not really going to remember the kind of pain maybe you felt from Wednesday night. So that's all we really want to cover about that because I think it's been done to death. It, sort of here and, and elsewhere, everyone's got their own opinions on it. We largely agree that it was an opportunity lost. Onto the weekend just passed and Rangers went into the, the tie at Ibrox welcoming Motherwell. Very aware that because the team in second weren't playing this weekend in league duty, we had the opportunity to go 16 clear, uh, which is quite a big, uh, big gap. We, we know that there's games in hand. Um, however, I think psychologically to have those points in the bag and get the games played um, is something that absolutely works in our favour. Boom. Rubbish start, Tommy. Yeah, yeah, that probably probably does it about justice. And I appreciate everybody always says, you know, you're looking for a, a big reaction and you're looking for the players to get on the front foot and all that kind of stuff. And I think, uh, is it Callum Lang sticks yeah. it in at the back post about six minutes in, seven minutes yeah. in? Yeah. And there's And... You know, if it's possible for a for an empty stadium to go eerily quiet, <laughs> it's, it's certainly <laughs> that. You know, you could almost hear the booing. Uh, and uh, certainly I was frustrated as well because you were looking for us at Ibrooks to use the expanse of the pitch, get in amongst Motherwell and, you know, create chances. And, you know, I, I fall into that trap sometimes myself as well. So I'm not criticising anybody else listening to this uh, podcast or watching it on YouTube or anything. And that... Sometimes we forget to take into account the other team. Yeah. You know, and so, Motherwell came with a certain game plan, which by and large, I don't think the early goal really changed that much. It was always going to be try and get something. And as soon as you've got it, sink your fingers knuckle deep in it because yeah. you want to hold on to it for the rest of the game. And then it became, you know, you know that way where you're, you know, some of the younger people might not get this, but you used to get a brick wall and you paid goals on it. You're showing your age now. Oh, I'd listen, I'm a lot older than that. I've been around since time immemorial. And uh, you know, every Christmas, they wheel me out and they wheel me back in. Um, you know, uh, just still waiting on that trophy. And uh, so, you know, the point being, it was just two banks, five. It was a horrible game to play in for a you know, Motherwell perspective, I imagine, if you're a player, particularly an offensive player. And I think RTD not touched on this. Horrible for us to, to play against, but... And here's the, the better part of that story from the St Mirren game. Coming off the back of that defeat and come up against a team who were sitting really deep, we didn't lose patience. We didn't panic. We didn't start smacking it long. We worked our way into it, created chances, which you know, kind of didn't take by and large for a part of the game. Kept going, get our late, our late goals and our, our winner, etc. And for all those people who were being slightly more reactionary with Steven Gerrard, the tactical side of the game was on point and the substitutions were on point. And, you know, we were talking off, off camera. So, you know, um, you know, Scott, give your due here since you're hosting it. Sometimes hard to get your point across. But, Scott, you were quite rightly calling out that the substitutes in that game changed that game. Now, I know, you know, Kmar Roof gets two goals, not, but it's the substitutes who really turned the, turned the gas up a little bit. Um, and uh, I, I've no idea why fire is on my mind so much. I've been a, <laughs> fire, kindling, and now we've got the gas going as well. But it's obviously cold here in the castle. But um, I, th there was a very tactical story round about that as well, that the management team do know their jobs and can do it. And quite frankly, it's great to get three points against a team at come Ibrox and do that type of thing. The final bookend to that was just, it reminded me of... And I couldn't remember exactly the date. You guys might be able to help me. 
uh, Hearts, uh, remember them? And uh, they came to Ibrox, I think it was under Walter Smith, and they played at Ibrox. They played essentially 10 men behind the ball, and Jorg Albert scored in like the 88th minute, yep. 89th minute, and I remember Smith turning to Jim Jeffries and giving him dogs abuse on the sidelines <laughs> for it as well. It was that type of thing where you get a real benefit of saying, you've come here and you've done nothing. Yeah. And we have taken the points out of your grasp. Get back to Motherwell with nothing in your paw and we'll see you the other side of Christmas. I really, really enjoyed that. Really enjoyed it. Well, I want to come back to you. Tommy's absolutely right. I agree with almost everything he says, I think. Just <gasps> have to, don't almost. You? Damn, um, damn, almighty. I want to speak to you about the, the, the first goal. One of the disappointing things for me has to be the fact that the ball crosses the width of the 18-yard box without any Rangers defender really getting there. Um, it must be a concern from, so from a point of view. We've seen the goals that we conceded against Liège, balls both coming in from the side. All of a sudden, we've lost another goal that seems to have travelled the length of the, the width of the box. Um, do you think that's something that they'll be working on on a daily basis to try and eradicate and make sure it doesn't happen again? Well, I hope they are, yeah. Um, I kind of... I think there's slight similarities with the Dundee United goal as well, whereas that yeah. box came right across Absolutely. You know, the park. And I, I'm just wondering <clears throat> if maybe it's something to do with the tactics, because I've noticed us, we, when we're defending, Tav and Barisic are both in our 18-yard box, and we're very like compact in there. It yeah. should be kind of you know ideal for defending, and it's probably the reason we haven't conceded as many goals. Um, but I think like, maybe teams have spotted this, and they've realised maybe they're not getting shut down quite as quick and they're firing that ball over, catching us out because I think the ball in is quite intelligent because it's put in that kind of position where McGregor doesn't know where to come for it. The defenders yeah. are kind of caught in their feet and then the, the guys running on it, easy tapping, you know, but it all comes for like the long throw. We've won the first header, nobody's reacted to the second, they've got back into the, the danger zone and that's when they've put the cross in. Um, don't know if you remember that, but um, that's, that's what happened, and that's kind of a disappointing. We're usually winning these setting balls as well, you know, with my three. It's amazing when a team comes to Ibrox. I remember when we um, when we travelled to to Fir Park earlier on the season, um, and I thought that that Motherwell almost they gave us a, a relatively decent game. We stepped up the gears a little bit in the. Um, the second half, Etienne scoring two goals, one of which was an absolute cracker. Um, but I actually thought that they gave us a relatively decent game at their place. Tommy, for them to come and just go with a with a low block of two sets of five was, was pretty embarrassing for a top league. Yeah, I mean, and I firmly understand why uh, Stephen Robinson would, would do it, right? Each manager gets to make their own decisions. It would have been a horrible watch for the Motherwell fans, horrible game to play in for the Motherwell players. Yeah, and then it would have been pretty horrible for Rangers to play against as well. But you know they're setting up shop to be defensive, right? Hey, I gloried in a UEFA Cup run under Walter Smith. We know what it's like to play counter-attacking football. There is absolutely nothing wrong with it, right? And I'm certainly not going to fall down the trap that's later on in this conversation of anti-football, right? There's no such thing as anti-football. <laughs> there we go, right? So I get it, but to come out so brutally obviously about we don't want to play. I mean, at one point, a really good example of this actually, it saved me wittering on, right? But a really good example is I think it was like 15 minutes in at one point and one of their defenders on two separate cases within the space of 30 seconds just booted it long. Like you do like, 
with a minute to go type of thing. We <laughs> <laughs> were doing that from like 10 minutes in and you're thinking, hold on, it's my falling asleep and I've woken up and it's the 90th minute or something like that. And you think, and that's where it felt so good to get something out of this type of game because, yeah. you know, Motherwell came. It was pretty embarrassing to get to your, get to your point, but, you know, trying to be balanced for that, Motherwell aren't in a great position, right, as it is. If yeah. they lose the appeal against the six points, they're going to be in a terrible, terrible position. Indeed. And that looked yeah. like the actions of a manager who maybe knows his job isn't as secure as he would like to think. So he's looking about and thinking, if I could even get a point here at Ibrox, that's, that's dynamite. And he would have gone into those last 20 minutes or whatever thinking, oh, come on, just hold on, lads, that's my Christmas sortie. Yeah. Oh, well, okay, and then the roof caved in. Oh, I like it. That Thank was you. good, wasn't it? That was good. Well, we'll come back to that. Willie, I'm going to stay with you. On 70 minutes, how nervous are you as a Rangers supporter? I don't think I had any fingernails left, to be totally honest with you. So <laughs> I, think I, was, I think I was frying all your heads in the WhatsApp. This is just like Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as usual, I jinxed it. Well, in a good way, and we end up getting that goal, don't we? So always kind of, the nerves kept you kind of um, going away. Uh, you kind of seen us, we... I mean, just going back to how we were playing, I think it was in the first half as well, I noticed that Goldson and Hollander must have been about 40 yards for their goal, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it was incredible just how deep Motherwell really were, and we, we were in control, total control, um, even despite being 1-0 down, but it was just whether we were going to find that kind of that breakthrough that maybe last season and the season before we couldn't find. This season, as you've touched on, the managers went to the bench, brought players on, who've ultimately, you know, changed the game uh, for the better of us. If I could just jump in, just one, one addition to that, because I was, I was thinking about, you know, we've transferred through the, the, the St Mirren game and uh, and the Motherwell game, right? And so you get two polar opposite of results there, going out of a cup. You know, well, actually, you could extend it a wee bit further back. Going through in Europe, top in the group, then, you know, uh, going out of a cup and then winning in the league again to, to go 16 points clear or whatever. It's and I was trying to think of a reasonable way to say it in my own mind, but it's like the old um, maths problem. I'm engineering, and I'll say maths because I'm not American. Uh, so you know that's uh, nah, okay. So it's not math, but it's whether you're looking at a, a circle on the ground or a cylinder. And the okay. only answer, the only answer is perspective. Yep. So are you looking at a season-defining defeat? or a season-defining victory. And on this occasion, I'm going to look at the cylinder side, which is the positive, in my opinion, right? Which is, Rangers have had that bad result. And unlike coming out the back of, let's say, Dubai, etc., last season or whatever, right? They have, much like they took advantage of Celtic's slip-ups, you know, in the Aberdeen game and stuff like that, Rangers have come off the back of a really damaging defeat, a really um, PR disastrous defeat, so to speak, right? And they've then got a victory against a really difficult team who set up to say, you've had a tough week. We've got an early goal. Come and do it. So I'll say it's a season-defining victory. And I know that's a really strange position for me to take as a positive, right? But ho, 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 it's Christmas, right? Yuletide, Saturnalia. Like stuff, right? um, but I, that's, how I'm, that's how I'm going to look at it. But that's, I just wanted to make the perspective point there. Yeah, yeah. And the, the cylinder um, uh, kind of circle thing is what I'm used to from old, old math. Uh, maths, I should say, uh, perspective. So, aye, right, there we go. I just wanted to get that point on. So, Tom, I'm going to speak to you uh, again about the um, the substitutions that Stephen Gerrard made. So, um, 
he obviously took off Kamara at half time, which surprised mm-hmm. me because Kamara is someone he rates very highly. For him to come off at half time would suggest that maybe he was maybe a wee niggle there or he just wasn't cutting it. I didn't think he had a particularly poor first half. I was surprised he came off. Joe Aribo come in and I thought he was excellent in the second half. I thought he was really, really good. Game changer in many ways. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with everything you just said there in terms of Kamara and, and Aribo. And I, the only thing I'd probably um, maybe not take a position on is I don't think it was any sort of niggle anything like that. I think it's just for all these very valuable benefits that he brings to the team yeah. uh, in terms of reading the game at the back and being in tight space, etc. Uh, being in tight spaces is a slightly different way to Joe Rebo. I'll touch on that in a moment. But Glenn Kamara isn't the guy who's going to un- unlock that difficult packed defence. So it's not a negative to him. But he didn't. Ha- we didn't have to have another guy reading the game in the middle of the park because we weren't getting attacked. Right? So you don't need that extra defensive barrier. You've spoken about this, William. I've spoken about it. You know, we've mentioned the box. I think I remember you speaking about it at length at one point uh, one of our episodes, Scott. Quite rightly so. Um in terms of you didn't need that extra protection. For exactly what William's saying, there are two central defensive midfielders where Philip Hellant are and Connor Goldson. Yeah, right? they were, so, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, McGregor playing sweeper, right? Um, <laughs> you know, uh, Golo Kante, when he wasn't complaining a cramp. But um, Golo Crampy. There you go. There you go. Golo Crampy. Um, and I can even tie that to Christmas and say Krampus. But there we are. Right? So I'm going to sweep over the top of all this. Um, yeah, I've drunk some, I've drunk some out of date eggnog or something like that. Uh, this thing, so I'm being. Um, anyway, getting back to the circular point here, circles and cylinders and all that kind of nonsense, right? So boxes. I'm just going through all the kind of shapes that you find on a on a word document. A what an education right? you get, Willie! Here, right? it's just incredible. It really, I've learned about engineering and everything so far. It's like I'm a shape playbook. All you need to, I, <laughs> but all you need to know about engineering is uh, try and solve. Try and solve a non-Newtonian solid, right? If you solve that, you're the world's greatest engineer, right? It's as simple as that. Anyway, uh, answers to the comments of what a non-Newtonian solid is, right? I was, uh, I, I'm glad I didn't ask. Um, like, like, as in, I don't know. Like, I mean, like, uh, when, to, when can things both be solid and liquid and all that kind of stuff? Anyway, right, so it's neither here nor there. Um, it's like your title challenge. It's really fluid at the moment, but it's not solidified. So there we go. Um, we're way off track. Edit all we're this way out. off track. <laughs> Agenda's out the window. <laughs> I'm obviously having some sort of Christmas lady breakdown here, right? Um, so anyway, right, so uh, I can't remember what it was. Yeah, so I don't think you needed Glenn Kamara to provide that defensive bulwark because we weren't really under any stress or pressure on that, right? And I remember, I think Robinson took off Tony Watt and stuff like that as well, and then they put a big boy up front towards the end. But it wasn't really a problem for us. What we needed was different type of technical ability and fast feet and taking the ball in tight areas yeah. in that final third. And that's a natural replacement to bring in Joe Rebo, who does have a part to play in, in the goals as well and yeah. gives people problems and can shift his balance it, you know, amazingly well. Uh, so that's all I thought. In the widest extent, I know William's going to touch on this, but in the widest extent, the, the substitutions absolutely changed the flow of that game from... Yeah. We'll keep going, but it's frustrating to, oh, oh, now we're in amongst the chinks. Can do something. Uh, so, sorry, I would just also say as well, what they were helped with is the relentless pressure that Rangers put on throughout the game. So that final 20 minutes, those Motherwell boys would have been feeling that in their legs and in their minds, and it started to show. Willie, you referred to uh, the, the This Is Ibrox WhatsApp group chat that we have. Lots and <laughs> lots of banter, a lot of which we can't speak about here. 
to be perfectly <laughs> frank. However, um, you have been quite critical of Yanis Hadji when he's been used this season, and I think quite rightly so. He's not been sort of pulling up trees by any matter of means when he's been included. However, uh, I have to say when he came on at the weekend, he was excellent and, and looks hungry and really willing to, to dig in and help the team at a really critical stage now. Absolutely. I think everybody gets it on, uh, you know, in the WhatsApp group for me. Uh, <laughs> I forget what I'm saying half the time, but I, like, I mean, he has clear ability. I just think he kind of lacks that pace sometimes. I think you need to kind of get in behind uh, teams and kind of get that wee bit extra flair on. But um, sometimes I just feel like he's, I don't know, it looks like he's kind of took a, a slight half. Just to me, it's, it seems like he's taken a slight kind of sort of half. He's not in the game, he's not getting involved as much, but I mean, he came on and, and uh, Saturday, he, he did to change the game, he wanted the ball, his energy was really good, it was similar, you know, to the Falkirk game, I felt like he had one of his best games in a long yeah. time yeah. against Falkirk, I know it's, it's, you can't really take too much from that, but it was his energy levels uh, off the ball that I was impressed with, you know, as well, like, um, just rambling now, but <laughs> like just kind of get like he's got the pass that can get us in behind like the teams, and that's what we needed, you know, on, on Saturday. I thought um, when he came on, he he really gave us a dimension that I didn't think we had in the game before. Um, I thought he offered a lot that we kind of huffed and puffed almost a little bit up until he came on. I felt um, Aribo maybe offered us something, Tommy, as you suggested that, that we didn't have at that point. I, I completely agree with that. I just felt that Hadji gave us that key to almost unlock a little bit more behind that that Motherwell sort of rigid back five. Don't know if you agree with that, Thomas. Well, I do have thought Hadji played played well. I slightly disagree with uh, with William to, to an extent. I, I'm not entirely convinced that I've seen any drop-off in the boys' application. I thought, I know it was a small cameo, but I thought he also, um, you know, Put yourself about, tried really hard for that seven, eight minutes that he came on in the St. Mirren game as well. Yeah, and that's one of the things I like about Hadji. I don't think he's went, he's went missing. Uh, that's my words, William, not yours. Obviously, I know he never said missing, but um, I don't want to, you know, uh, uh, inappropriately quote you there. But I think his application is absolutely fine. Um, the longer he stays at the team, the more difficult it is to come back in, though. Um, but no, I'm quite, quite comfortable with that it's not happening for the boy, although. To your point, Scott, I thought that he came off the bench and really did make a difference because, you know, the nexus of all those things, you had maybe slightly more defensive-minded players in Glen Kamara, etc., disappearing. And then you were bringing on more offensive technical players. and Joe Rebo gets into space, can create pockets of space because he can go by two or three people on a Hadji's strengths. Although I do agree with William, he doesn't have the pace. I think we all know that now. Yeah. But one of his strengths is... He drops himself into really interesting areas and he was pulling players with him. So all of a sudden you start to look at, and I know we'll talk about uh, Cedric Itting in, in a minute as well, but you're starting to look at, if I just loop him in for a second, Itting's running into the chat. Remember this is last 20 minute kind of stuff, right? When tired minds, tired legs, tired shapes and all that, right? But you've got Itting running. You've got Aribo running, creating space. You've got Haji creating space. You've got the... Yeah killer movement of Kmar Roof in there, all of a sudden, gaps started to appear in what had been a pretty solid defensive performance from Motherwell, as they yep. said. Right? Indeed. And then I think all those points coming together is exactly where they are. I think Hadji absolutely did his job. The, pro the problem he has right now is, one, 
he has to force someone out the team. And two, he then has to do it consistently. And that's probably been his problem. Tommy, I'm going to stay with you just because you brought a 10 up. Um, said the Ted really is... Um, he looks a really good player. I, I think we've, we've seen flashes since he arrived in the summer and we've seen a lot of good things about him. We've seen a lot of things that are undoubtedly raw. And I think Steven Gerrard's been quite quick to point that out. Um, however, he gives us a dimension up front that I don't think Morelos, Roof, Defoe do indeed give us. I Again, and very similar to Haji Naribo, I thought he was excellent at the weekend and, and really had a, a part to play in the second half and changing the game in our favour. Uh, I absolutely you know, stick on there. I think we are starting to slowly see the, the best of uh, said the Ted they go and steal that copyright Scott Patterson so uh, uh, maybe, I, um, maybe copyright someone else to be fair I don't know <laughs> too, too late that's, that's the public forum is done that, that's it um, so uh, contact this Dybrook's lawyers but um, yeah I think we are starting to see the, the best of you know the goal in Poznan for example as well took a couple of goals against Motherwell earlier in the season it's, it's about getting consistency and getting runs and forcing yourself into the team but can he be relied on to come off the bench and do something? Well, it certainly seems as though he's getting a grip of that now. Yeah. He's got the power and the pace, which I'm quite, you know, quite happy to see. Doesn't mind putting that about a bit. His touch seems to have gotten a lot better. I mean, I think the first time I saw him, is this just bouncing off this guy? Yeah. Um, you know, is he Swedish Bo Anderson? Uh, and that doesn't mean that I don't like any Bo Anderson, by the way. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> you know, it just seemed that way. But now he seems like a lot more composed and com- comfortable and confident. He's running into the channels is great. His movement is better in the box than I think I first thought, yep. and he's positioned well for obviously you know getting us uh, getting us to two two one, which is the big moment because it's no longer just a point. And Mother will go, well, are we going to get anything out of the ordinary here? We're going to have to play a wee bit, um, and they did have one or two wee kind of half chances after that. It has to be said, um, but actually, I mean, I'm really happy about the goal, and that's brilliant. That's the moment of the the game for for Cedric getting, but also the the, the time wasting in the corner flag before yeah. we got the third, him and Haji and I think it's Amiibo as well, just literally taking their Mickey yeah. out of about four or five Motherwell players was was dynamic to see. And also his awareness, because at one point it goes to him and he he does a wee bit of a kind of cross turn and he gets by and he goes into the box. But there's nobody that hit by and large. So he just turns back round, goes by the guy again and then passes back <laughs> and he's like, that's quite nice awareness as well. Just run the clock down, lads. We don't need to do anything here. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think we are getting to see the best of him. He's kind of, in, in that sense, Thomas, he's, he's shown a, an element of maturity. And Steven Gerrard's been quite quick to to big up game management and indeed times where we've not just not done that properly. Um, I think that was that's a really good example of how he has managed to do that at the weekend for in our favour for a change. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, no, you know, I'll, I'll stop waxing lyrical in a second, but a really good example. It's a bit clunky, right? And I'm not blaming anybody for this, but third goal we conceded away in Benfica, away in Portugal, came from us last two minutes of the game, whatever, yeah. trying to play a forward ball into Morelos when we didn't have to. It gets taken off as we a straight through pass. We catch the two centre backs out, and all of a sudden it's three each. Yeah. Turn round, you play it back, you let everybody just settle in the ball, you play it out. There was us, really tough game mentally and physically for us. We've broken them down, it's now 2 1 us. Aye, we don't need to chase for a third. We end up obviously getting it, but we don't need to chase it here. Hold on to the ball, we can't be hurt. That's a really good lesson they have learned. Willie Ryan Kent 
and came our roof at the weekend. Both, I think, had games that were entirely different. I didn't think Kent played that great. He was okay. I thought Roof's movement in and around the game for the duration of the game before he scored was really, really, really impressive. Um, got two guys there that are playing at, at different levels of their expectations, I think, just now. You've got Roof, who is, is absolutely pulling up trees, and Kent, who seems to be hitting a wee bit of lull in form. I don't know if you agree with that. No, I did to an extent, yeah, but I, I, you know, I was trying to watch a game and I was reading things on the internet where people were saying I would take Kent off and stuff, but I didn't feel like there were really anybody that could come on and play that kind of left-hand side the way he does. Yeah. I did think, even though he wasn't having you know, the best game constantly going by players and stuff, I do feel like he was constantly try, trying to go by them, even though he wasn't maybe getting it all the time. He was always yeah. making the right back think Right, he's going this way, you know, he's coming back inside, you know, he was kind of causing issues in that sense, but, you know, you kind of, you want him to come and start, you know, bringing that early season form that he had, where he was, you know, chipping in with the goals, chipping in with the assists. I think, like, you know, sometimes he's played, doesn't really get, like, the credit deserves because he's maybe a few kind of bits back in the, you know, in the play, like, the third, fourth pass, and yeah. he had a potential goal. I think it was for Ruth's first goal. I think Ken actually wins the ball, puts the pressure on there right back. Yeah. It was Adorno. And uh, you know, we ended up getting in and Ruth scored the kind of the kind of you know, the in the box kind of penalty strike our goal and just touching on Ruth now, um his second goal, you know, he's just find that kind of like a Chris Boyd kind of being in, in that position to just turn and put the ball in the net, you know, both yeah. his goals were really identical, I felt on Saturday. Tommy and Kimi Roof, his his first goal. I've watched that a couple of times. Um, he he did something that I I remember as I was growing up, and you're watching um, footballers talk on the telly about other footballers, namely strikers that are are taking efforts that are almost the balls are, are landing behind them, and they're moving their body and they're arching their body to get a right good connection to it, and they're thrashing that in beyond the goalkeeper. Kimi Roof done that for his first goal at the weekend. Um, I think we're seeing um, the fruits of him arriving at the club, eight goals already for Rangers. He must be quite happy with his 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 payback to us, if you like, so far. Definitely, and big goals as well. Yeah. No ones. The, the first, and if I put the, the third one to, to one side, or his second against Motherwell, the third goal for Rangers, to one side, getting in the opener, taking yeah. that chance. That was a big moment because we needed to unlock them. Yeah. I think you're right. It's great technique, you know, to get across. It's great Absolutely. For the, for the third one as well. Um, I think we are seeing the finishing ability getting sharper and sharper and sharper. I, I don't think there's any doubts that actually, once he gets, I, I still think there's maybe just a wee bit of getting to full, full fitness for, yeah. for Kmar as well. I still think he's maybe just a, a week or two behind, but that's not you know me having a go at him in any shape or form. But I, I think we're, we're starting to see all the all the points you're talking about there, the finishing ability getting sharper, the movement getting sharper, there's no doubt that he's a very, very, very intelligent player. And in terms of that intelligence, he might, you know, if he continues on that way, he turns into what I think, he's going to rival Joe Rebo and Yanis Hadji, in my yeah. mind, as, as, you know, being that. I don't think he's, maybe, well, maybe he is technically on their level as well in terms of you know, playing the passes. I think his intelligence has caught a, a couple of people out. Yeah, um, and their squad as well sometimes up front, but there seems to be a greater understanding. People know what they want. What I like about him as well is he just just keeps going, and it sounds a bit of a cliche. And I always try and stay away from cliches uh, when I'm talking about anything. But 
he's a striker that can score all the types of goals. Yeah, that's very cliche, Thomas. As I know, I'm going to ring the cliche bell, but in my defence, both of you said nobody's pulling up trees and I didn't jump in and say Christmas at any point in time. So, I think I've said it twice already in the pod as well, which is um, pretty poor. Exactly. So, so you know, Christmas is cancelled for you too. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, I, 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 but, yeah, I, I, you know, he's, he's done the amazing in, um, uh, in Liege. He's done the technical movement in, the, in a packed box against Motherwell. And he's done the, <clears throat> excuse me, he's done the, I guess, against Kilmarnock and stuff like that as well. He's done the kind of outside, inside the box, rudimentary stuff as well that he expects from a Rangers striker. So, and I'm kind of boxing all that in, but I know all these goals take time and effort and all that kind of stuff. But he's shown all those facets. Um, and there's, there's nothing that he doesn't have to his game, which is really good to see. He also, much like you were saying about Itton, um, Scott, he offers something totally different. He's yeah. not a... Not Morelos, it's not an Itton, it's not a Defoe, and none of them are anybody else. It's almost like the four of them were put together as a plan. Yeah. So the four bits of the forward line Rangers jigsaw puzzle look pretty good at this point in time. Long may it continue. Just to jump in here, sorry um, if I'm going to steal the next question, but What's see if you're Morelos just sitting in the bench and you're seeing it in the roof banging in goals, you know, maybe we'll start to see the you know, Morelos getting back in amongst the goals, you know, we well, funnily enough, and just by magic, Morelos was going to be the next subject. And it, if anyone is watching this, this is not pre-rehearsed by any way, matter or means. It's just the way it works. Um, Willie, I was going to ask, obviously we've missed Alfredo the last two games due to um, this made-up suspension that they decided to go with this time around. Um, you're absolutely right. I agree. If, if he is sitting on the sidelines and he's looking at the the guys up front in his position scoring um, and getting good plaudits from supporters like ourselves. Um, and, and he's not, he's not been having a great deal of joy in front of goal um, and clearly isn't happy about it, but you wouldn't be to be perfectly honest. I wonder if Gerard maybe takes Alfredo Morelos out of the firing line, perhaps up to the Celtic game. Uh, just to to give him some time to pull his heels in, get himself together, and and release him on the second of January. I don't know if you think that there's there's. I mean, they can certainly do that. They can rest him. They can give him time to get him back to um, a fully fit Alfredo Morelos, Willie, which would be far beneficial than one that's just treading water a little bit. Absolutely. I think um, if I if I was Jenna, I think I'd be starting the team that, that ended the game potentially against uh, Motherwell. Yeah. Uh, maybe see him kind of get the last 30 minutes depending on how the game's going uh, on Wednesday I think it is yeah. um, up in Perth so I mean because anytime I remember watching these games up in Perth he's, they seem to be like battles and just hard slogs I, I don't know what you guys think on that but I think Morelos maybe suit that a wee bit um, you know coming on off the bench and kind of helping us kind of get over the line kind of Tommy, one thing I think Morelos has shown this season, and we've spoke about it on the pod before, is that by almost losing that hustle and bustle up front and the goals almost that we, we, we seem to have, that have rather dried up with Alfredo, he's now, he's managed to add a different perspective to his game by dropping into almost a number 10 position, which means that we lose him from, from up top. I don't think that 
um, Gerard will have to just drop him into the starting lineup on Wednesday in Perth, to be perfectly honest with you, purely on the back of how good Etienne and, and Roof played on um, Saturday past. I'm inclined to, to agree with that and and with what William was saying. So you kind of look at it and, you know, me, I, I like to look at things in component parts and all that. There was a time when we relied on Alfredo Morelos and against St Mirren, it looked like we were back to one-man team. You know, yeah. broadest extent here, right? When you take him out and all of a sudden it doesn't quite work. Yeah. Do you really have the challenge for places that you were thinking you did? Hence why the Motherwell game was so important and the goals coming from your forward line. Really good for it and really good for, for Ruth. Does Morelos come immediately back in? Only on a rotation basis because, yes, I like the fact he's added all things to his games, right? And <clears throat> that's really good, but I also want to see Alfredo Morelos scoring and Alfredo Morelos wants to see Alfredo Morelos scoring. And his transfer value wants to see Alfredo Morelos scoring as well. And the big game is hence why Poznan was really important with Lech at Ibrox, I should say. But they've tried up for him. It's not for lack of effort. I think he's a wee bit lacking in confidence. You know, a couple of chances that he would have taken the first time or whatever. They just aren't coming off for him. Um, but does he go straight back in the team? I don't think he does. And does he, you know, is he saved for the old firm game? I'm not entirely convinced he is either. And I do think that whilst I, just to flesh that out a little bit, because the forward line's scoring and they're getting goals and there's confidence and all that. Also, you need to be careful what message you're sending to people. Yep. Um, and also, he did, although it's a bit of a trumped up one in terms of retrospective and all that kind of you know, re-refereeing games, and I know there was some background to it because I think the boy from Dundee United had, he was the one that uh, tried to half Alfie Ibrooks, yep. left a gash in his leg. So there's a wee bit of, wee bit of after, uh, afters there and a wee bit of trying to get, get back. Though Morelos was clunky about it, and that was a red card for yeah. me. Right? He's thrown his elbow the first time, you can get away with that. He then tries to you know, go the larger one. So that puts the question right back into Steven Gerrard's mind. Now, I'm not going to say that's the Alfredo Morelos, because we all know he's worked really hard on that, and it's amazing, right? And he was demonised to begin with. But if you get into the old firm game, an old firm game where you want to beat them for a specific reason other than just beating them, which is, I think that's a pretty big coffin now. If we come out of, if all the results go and lead up to it, if you come out of that by putting another three points on top of their, you know, three bags of soil on top of their grave, then I'm pretty um, pretty comfortable with that. And is Alfredo Morelos the man to go with it? Or do you go with form? There you go. And form is Cedric Eaton came our roof. Yep, agreed. Right, that's, that's my answer. And that's not to say that Alfredo Morelos won't play a really important part in Rangers season, but something will have to change. And it is a couple of games away. I do get that. Tommy, we've had mentality levelled at us quite a bit, I would say, the last 10 days. Rightly so, off the back of the the, the St Merton um, match. And uh, I think everyone expected us to to maybe crumble a little bit um, against the Motherwell the weekend. We didn't do that. We're now 16 points clear, as I led with at the start of the pod. How do you think the mentality is at Rangers within these players? Do you think the St Merton tie just goes down to a blip, uh, just a a game where we just weren't at it um, and we can just put it to bed? Uh, or do you think it's going to be something greater than that? I'm quite relaxed about it, I have to be honest. It's disappointing to, to of course, not get further in a competition to, to lift a trophy because we we all want to see 
Rangers lifting trophies. We want our kids to see Rangers lifting trophies. We want to see that. Um, if we are sort of saying that we don't win the League Cup, but we do win the league, um, I'll have that sort of mentality every day of the week. I think you know my position on, on that type of thing. Um, you can melt down all the other trophies and make them a stand for the league. <laughs> um, yeah, listen, again, if we come back to that perspective piece, which is, did Rangers blow a really good chance? Yeah, well, unequivocally, they did. And did they surprise people by having a terrible night? Yes, they really did. Yeah. Was Steven Gerrard and the players open to criticism because of one performance and two, some of the rotation decisions that Steven Gerrard made? Yes. Does it leave a question mark about mentality because they've not been able to get to where they were absolutely expected to get to, right? And as it's one of those defining moments of, you know, it's a trophy, you're in the hunt, you know, Celtic out and all that kind of stuff. So quite rightly, people were criticising them and quite rightly, people are still angry about it. When you play the second part of the perspective that you've touched on, which is where my mind has now kind of went to after the game, which is, okay, that's done. And I sensed more anger from the players than sadness, which is probably yeah. a good thing. Um, I felt they, they knew they'd let themselves down for once, as opposed to the woe is me, which I think I sensed a little bit after the 1-0 Aberdeen game at Hamden. Yeah. A little bit, oh, yeah. oh, away. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Whereas after this one, it was, we've blown that. So let's do something about it. Agreed. And th that's where I think the narrative and the psychology and all the behaviours and all that kind of uh, good headline grabbing uh, content comes into the play because you then set up a game right after that. So you're questioning mentality, etc. And by no means, shape or form, I just want to bookend this, right? I am never happy if Rangers go out of a trophy. Like, never, right? I'm just trying to square in the box, right? So... That's happened, and then you cycle into a tons of criticism of mentality, quite rightly, tons of questioning, quite rightly, tons of focus, quite rightly. Right? Are they just having their Dubai early? Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, bring the Middle East to Scotland, not the other way about. <laughs> so, but then you get, so then you cycle into the specific game, which couldn't have been set up any better to test that, which was Mother will come with a, a game plan to walk away with a point, would have made them a, shampoo, a champagne moment, right? However, they get a goal within six minutes and then they say, come and break us down. And for, I think, 75, 73 minutes. Yeah, like that, I, yeah. We can't break them down. We don't take the chances. We don't get any luck. We don't get there. So the pressure's ramped up. You went out of a cup. You could end up eroding your own thing. Christmas is just there. You're an old firm coming up. The papers are on you. Everything right. There's silence from the stands. There's nobody rolling you on. Quite, and there's nobody booing you as well, right? Probably a good thing. But, but then you get into that keep going, stick to the principles, play football, make the tactical changes, trust in your squad and your compatriots. All of a sudden you're 3-1 up and you're saying, that couldn't have been any tougher. And we went to it, we went to the well and we came back with three points. Yeah. And by going to the well, by the way, I mean, don't go away to Motherwell, I mean, go to the well. Right? But uh, <laughs> I know somebody will have a go at me saying, it was a home game, Tommy. Right? But <laughs> go to the well. So then you get to turn around at that end of that perspective cylinder that I was talking about and you say, hold on a minute. Is that a good news story or is it a bad news story? Is it a season-defining defeat or a season and squad-defining success? And I'm going to go with success because I think it would have been really easy for that squad of players to go, wasn't it your night in, in Paisley? This is their night either. It's okay, we've still got a healthy cushion in the league. Come off the gas, lads. No, they kept going. They kept going. They kept going. And we chip enough away at a wall, you'll end up making a hole in it. 
and that's what we did. Three points, we move on to St Johnston on Wednesday night. Good news story. Willie, the next three games are St Johnston at Perth on Wednesday, uh, Boxing Day tie against Hibs at home, and then St Melbourne back to St Mum. Um, the following week, I, I don't know if it's a Tuesday or the Wednesday, I think it might be the Wednesday night that we're, we're back in Paisley. Um, without looking too far ahead to these games, I think it's, it's, it's critically important at this stage of the season where we are and we're approaching the dreaded January, which no one really understands why it's dreaded, but we're shitting ourselves for it, to be perfectly honest. Um, there's nine points that are up for grabs these three games. If we were to take maximum points, it would put us into a really, really steady position, welcoming our friends from across the city to Ibrox on the 2nd of January. Oh, absolutely, would, yeah. Um, it set us up nicely going into that, you know, with the, the 16 points still clear. I think uh, also, was it the Hibs game? I think we kick off earlier yeah. on that particular day, so, you know, we've got a chance to put the 19, 19 points on the board, do you know what I mean? Put an extra bit of pressure on them as well, because... I mean, that, that's not psychological to see how they deal with it. They've not been in a situation like that in, in how long, do you know what I mean? So we just need to kind of hopefully see us over the line, get the nine points and, and you know, go into that all guns blazing. Tommy, I want to speak to you a little bit about, and we didn't discuss this, so this is completely ad-lib. Um, I've seen bits and pieces on social media since the start of the weekend that the game on Wednesday night is on St Johnston club television um, now I don't know if this is true so I apologise if, if I'm incorrect but apparently they're charging over £17 for supporters to, to go on and watch this game um, current climate it better be like watching something in the cinema house just along the road from me with crystal clear vision and I'll tell you one thing right now the coverage will not be as good as Rangers TV I think we agree with that um, but my own personal opinion is that it's really taking the piss out of fans at a really rubbish time of the season uh, to be taking the piss out of them. To be perfectly frank, you're absolutely right, and uh, you know we didn't we didn't touch on this, and it's a scandal. Let's be quite honest. I think it's seventeen pounds fifty. Shocking! Absolutely disgusting. Yeah, which will be what the twenty third of December. £17.50 to watch uh, an away game. You're absolutely right. The quality of the coverage will be nowhere near what our team is doing. And, right? and, and that's not a slur on whoever St Johnston TV have out. Rangers TV this season has been absolutely first class um, with Neil McCann and Shelley Kerr at the weekend in particular. What I thought uh, continue to impress every time they're on the telly. Emma Dodds is a wonderful anchor person there every time they're on the telly. St Johnston won't beat that. I don't care what anyone says. They just won't beat it. I, I, I didn't hear a word after Neil McCann, to be honest with you. <laughs> the, feelings on, the feelings on the gold nail are, are quite... Uh, are, although, yeah, I'm a massive fan of Shelley Kerr and a massive, massive fan of Emma Dodds, but um, I'll pay the money just to listen to Neil uh, talking talk away, to be honest with you. So, Neil, if you're out there, with my Christmas card? <laughs> uh, but, uh, it's, yeah, let's edit that bit as well. Actually, uh, but so, so cycling on a little bit... Um, no, you're absolutely right. It's no denigration to the people who'll be in the chair for um, St. Johnson television. Oh, yeah. um, um, but it's not going to be in there. And it's quite clearly a cash grab. So £17.50 because they know it's Rangers fans. Right. Uh, this speaks back to all the old skeletons that come out the, the closet or you know Christmas ghosts that will rattle their chains or, uh, chains or whatever, right? 
which is they, they hated us and took chances to knock us down. But when the, the wallets start opening, Scotland yep. take the back seat and cash takes first. So St. Johnston could have been smart about this. What they could have said was, we will be charging at a reasonable rate, 10 quid or something like that, right? Put it on based on other providers like uh, uh, Premier Sports or something like that, right? Your charge was 11 99 a month, right? Yep. Johnston could have done something similar. They'd have probably got a reasonable reaction because they'd have said, they could have then have said, oh, you know, we'll bring in somebody who's a bit more Rangers kind of sided and it'll be a bit interesting, Absolutely. right? Yeah. Because we know it's Christmas, we know it's a pandemic, all that kind of stuff, right? And I, I get that the money men have won at St Johnston because they just say, right, chance to get the Rangers blue pound in here. Absolutely. Frankly, all they're going to do now is create rancor, which they have done, create a spotlight on them, which they have done, turn people away from, unfortunately, purchasing it legitimately, which they have done, and force people into using less than legitimate streams. So, in case, you know, in terms of business model and backfiring. St. Johnston's, St. Johnston's Ratner's moment, uh, you know, because nobody's paying for that to watch St. Johnston. You know, all. Best of luck to the guys, right? Uh, and the men and women, to, you know, uh, aligned to St. Johnston, but nobody's doing that. So what they're essentially saying is, we get a chance to rattle £17.50 because it's Rangers. So the blue the blue wallet rolls into town, or doesn't roll into town because it's different tiers, but you know what I mean? Yep. Let's just try and get whatever we can to fill their own stockings. Absolute shambles for a Premiership club they should be rightly hounded for it. They won't be, right, by anybody but Rangers fans. Rangers should have probably made some sort of comment on it. If they haven't, I've missed, well, if they have, I've missed them. Don't think they have yet, but I suspect they may. I suspect they probably they probably will. Somewhere within the, the dungeons of the communications uh, world, the, the wheels will be turning and the racks will be getting stretched yeah, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And I know the media team will be on that type of stuff as they always Absolutely. are. But, yeah, an absolute shambles. An absolute shambles. And... You know, we know we always love to watch our club, but do you want to watch it there? I couldn't possibly say say to anybody they shouldn't. I would be really re- yeah, and you go Willie, sorry. No, I was just gonna say I'd be really interested to see what the you know the figures would be for watching that and people paying it if you if you could find that out some somewhere along the lines. Because I reckon it'd be far less than would actually go into the stadium. Yeah, your away, your away support, I would imagine, be quite, quite. Uh, you know, it will be a lot less as well. That's why I was saying about, you said it at a really subjective level. If you were to say, I think they would have gotten away with anything up to 12 or 13 pounds. Right? Yeah, aye. Yep. You, know, you take the division numbers there, I'm not going to do the calculation out, right? But you could say, let's say it's 5,000 you would get at 13 quid or whatever, versus you're going to get 3,000 at 17.50. Now, those numbers don't, you know, don't stack up, they've made more progress there. But what they've done is they went in with a headline number and they've said, take it or leave it, because they know Rangers fans like to watch their team and, and follow it in bigger numbers than anybody else in the country. So it's a, it's a clear, it, it's an aggressively clear and transparent grab for Rangers fans' money. Absolutely. That's what's galling, that's what's frustrating about it. And that's why, as, as you were saying, Scott, I know that um, the Rangers media team will be looking at it. When I say dungeon, etc., I just I like that analogy. But um, they, they'll be looking at it, and I'm sure they will be in talks with St. Johnston as well. The question is, if St. Johnston are televising it, why can't RTV do some of their own coverage and then share the pot of money? Indeed. I'm going to stick with you, Tommy, just for a wee prediction for, for the tie at Perth on Wednesday, if you don't mind. 5-0 Rangers. Wow. Yeah. Genuinely? Do you think we'll get up there and cuff them 5 nothing? 
I actually think we will. I generally do, as a matter of fact, actually. Uh, and I say that for a, a lot of reasons. So it's not just reactionary, right? Although I do hope that Stephen Gerrard leaves £17.50 sitting on the uh, the manager's manager and exiting the building. But I think St. Johnston aren't as defensive-minded as some people maybe still remember from... Tommy Wright. Uh, Tommy Wright, thank you so much. Um, always frustrating that we shared a first name. And uh, but not not as frustrating as uh, Tommy McIntyre at, uh, at Celtic. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> like a constant sense of frustration to me. But yeah, so they're actually a slightly more expansive, um, and I think they will they will try and and rough Rangers up at the back. They will try and play out. It won't be like the Motherwell game. And I think Rangers by and large have got over the hump of the St Mirren game. There'll be a lot of confidence coming out the back of that Motherwell game. I think we'll go for them. I, yeah, I do actually think that they will we will get a performance on the road that will be I'm going to stick with it 5-0 Merry Christmas oh. Willie give me a scorecast for Perth I'm not quite uh, in the 5-0 camp I think it will be a lot tighter to be honest uh, I remember the game at Ibrox I'm pretty sure that game was pretty tight I may be wrong maybe we're off the mark but I think the game and they played quite good football as well as Tommy was saying I don't think they were as defensive as they were under Tommy Wright so I'm expecting probably more of the same this time round uh, I think it'll be a lot closer. I think it'll be 2-1. Well, I'll, I'll quickly take on the, the hosting duties then. Just to say to William, you're absolutely spot on. They did play really good football at, at, um, at Ibrox. Now you've reminded me of that. I'm quickly thinking that I really mean 5-0. It's too late. It's locked into the machine. So uh, yeah, we'll come back to that. So, Scott, I turn to your good self then as host. What's your prediction and why? I think we'll go up there and I think we'll win 2 nothing, And I think Morelos will start. Okay. Uh, I, will I, he score? Say again, sorry? Will he score? I don't think he will score. I don't think he will score, but I, I expect him to start because I think that Gerard likes this new dimension that he's added to his game, dropping back and, and giving the, the centre-halves a decision to make whether to follow him and then they automatically leave space in for guys like Roof and, and hopefully Kent. I think we'll go up there and win. I do. I, th- I think we'll get another three points. I'm actually... Without looking too far ahead, um, I'm reasonably confident with the, the the landscape in December up to the, the game at Ibrox in January. I really am. Um, and here's hoping I'm not a million miles away. Uh, one game at a time for me. One game Indeed. at a time. <laughs> uh, I did say that. You know what I mean? I did say that. Uh, yeah, I opened one door to the advent calendar at a time. Uh, so that's, uh, that, that's how that's working for me. And I used up all my Christmas jokes by the way this podcast. <laughs> Listen, before um, I let you guys go uh, for, for the pod for another week, I, I would just want to promote a couple of things that we've got on our social media channels um, just now. Jamie Curry has been good enough to do us an analysis from the Motherwell game at the weekend. It's available at thisisibrox.co.uk and you can get to it via all the obvious places um, on social media. In addition to that, good friend of mine, Richard Keir, has pulled together a, an article on Rangers' very, very, very first championship win in 1896 Thomas there we go go. Um, it's a great read Uh, it's amazing as to how uh, football has has changed and in the manner it's changed I encourage you all to to jump on the same places and have a look and lastly in addition to that uh, our fantastic writer Ross Kelvington is pulling together a, a wonderful piece that ties in very nicely with the anniversary of the Ibrox 
disaster at the beginning of January, and we should have that available across all of our networks and social media places reasonably shortly. I encourage you to, to have a look at that and really educate yourself over what happened that, that very, very sad day all those years ago. Gentlemen, as I say, getting ready to let you go. Plans for, for Christmas as it arrives, Thomas? My immediate plan is to say 18-90-91 season, actually, for that Dumbarton title. I, didn't, I thought I was a bit late, to be honest. I did think I was late. I, knew I, I agreed with you to begin up. with, mate. I agreed <laughs> with you to begin with. So that's my Christmas saved. I have, I have managed to dig that one out of my brain. <laughs> um, but yeah, listen, same as everybody else. I'm sure it's the same for all the listeners out there enjoying a, a bit of a red, white and blue Christmas. It's nice to be sitting on top of the table, looking out Indeed. the way. Uh, I'll certainly be having a few drinks, relaxing in my my Christmas pajamas. Nice. And uh, hi, wishing everybody of the uh, Rangers family persuasion the very best of the Noel season. Indeed. Willie, same to you. Looking forward to, I know you're in a similar boat to myself. You've got a couple of rugrats running around at your feet that are particularly hyper at this time of year. So you'll be looking forward to the end of the week. Or certainly yeah, when they go to their bed on Friday. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I can't wait. I think I'll be the biggest kid in the house. <laughs> so, listen, I'll let you guys go now. Very best of luck to Rangers this week. And from everyone at this Cybrox, we'd like to take the opportunity to, to wish all our listeners and viewers a, a very Merry Christmas. And we look forward to uh, the remainder of December with a bit of gusto. Thanks for watching. Bye bye.